I remember when I was in the college seminary down in Miami, and one year I was looking for a book at Lent, and especially as we were getting closer to Holy Week, a book that would help me, help me be closer to what Jesus did on the cross. We see crosses and crucifixes all the time. It's a part of our lives. They're there and we get used to it. We should never get used to it. And I wanted something to help me. What was it like to be there? So I found this book. I read it more than once. It was called, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, written by Max Lucado. And what he did in the book is he writes about all the different people who were there at the crucifixion, or the ones who were not there. He talks about the 10 who ran away. His Jesus' disciples, besides the beloved disciple and Judas Iscariot, who was already near the act of suicide. So you know what? I, I ran across, and I want to show it to you up on the screen here, James Tizzo. He painted this in 1890. He's a French painter. If you look right at the very bottom, right at the bottom in the middle, those are the feet of Jesus. He thought to himself, what would the view have been like from Jesus on the cross? So really what he painted in watercolor are all the people there as he's dying on the cross. This is really from his eyes looking out. You know, most painters don't, don't paint it that way. They paint Jesus as the subject. And it's like we're looking up on the cross. Tissot turned it around. What did Jesus see? So it started me thinking about what people do on this day of Good Friday. Now here you are. We're all here together. We felt the urge and the need to come, to come be here, to come be here together on this day when we remember what he did for us, the greatest sign of love. You know, a lot of people think that Good Friday is a day of obligation. It's not. But the attendance is always a lot better than any day of obligation that we have on our calendar. <laughs> because we don't have to make it an obligation. We want to be here. So, you know, I thought about different people on this day. I thought about the person who's in prison and can't come here. And on this day, maybe they have a Bible, and maybe they're reading the Passion from one of the Gospels in their cell, because they have to. They want to. They want to connect. Or I thought about the many Christians who live in places that are so numerous still, where they're fearful of, of physical persecution. They could be killed because they're Christian and living in their own countries. I thought about what it's like for them as they're celebrating and remembering Good Friday today. I thought about people who were like, they can't stay in their country anymore and they're in a refugee camp right now. And they're thinking about what Jesus did and how it connects to their life. I thought about people who are having family strife. Whatever is going on in your life, wherever the cross is right now, 
it automatically connects us to Jesus on this day. We think about him, we think about what's going on in our life and how he's with us. I remember a Monsignor, he's a little older than I am, he was from the Diocese of San Antonio. And he was in the seminary in the late 1960s. So he went to visit this family, woman, her husband, he was often drinking. He was an alcoholic. Her son was in jail. So he used to always go by and visit her. She was like a second mom to him. In her living room was the face of Jesus from Good Friday. It was all bloody. And all the scars from the whippings and the beatings. And he told her, it was right after Vatican II, he says, you know, what your picture doesn't have is the resurrection, though. So he went later on and bought her a resurrected, crucified Christ. You might remember these crosses from that time. It's on a cross, but Jesus is resurrected. The the palms have the, the, the nail prints, but he's dressed in a gown of victory. The theology there is beautiful. It is the cross and the resurrection. He brought this to her and said, here, you should put this up on your wall because it shows the whole, the whole story. Yes, Jesus had his passion, his death, his resurrection. So she put it up on the wall. And then he came back a couple months later unannounced. And he said, where's the cross? It's not, she put the other picture back. And he says, where's the cross? And she, she goes in the other room, gets it out of the closet. He says, why aren't you hanging that cross? And she said this, the cross you brought me is beautiful. It's really beautiful. But that Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through. This face of Christ suffering, he understands my pain. He understands my suffering. That's why he's hanging there. When I was describing the different people on their Good Friday, that's what happens. It happens to all of us. Wherever we're suffering the cross, we're thinking about it right now. We're feeling it right now. Someone gets terrible news about their health, about cancer. On Good Friday, they think about what Jesus did for us, and they feel in their faith that he understands. He can be with me. He is with me. I thought about the people whose faith is very on the peripheral. You know, they don't ever go to church. But many times on Good Friday, they show up here. Something pulls them in. They just realize on Good Friday, they see it on the news, they see it on the and somewhere in the newspaper, they, read, they know it's Good Friday, and all of a sudden, they end up in a church. And for many of them, it's a coming back. It's the doorway to a deeper relationship, because in some way on that moment, the connection happened. One of the chapters in Max Lucado's book is called Miniature Messengers. He said, this group are not in the Bible. They're not in the Gospels, but they had to be there. They're always there when they're suffering and pain. The miniature messengers are tears. There had to be tears. Tears in Jesus' eyes, tears in the eyes of his mother, 
Tears in the eyes of the others who were there, who were sympathetic to Christ. This is the last few lines of that chapter. It's not just tears that are the issue. It's what they represent. They represent the heart, the spirit, and the soul of a person. To put a lock and key on your emotions is to bury part of your Christ-likeness, especially when you come to Calvary. You can't go to the cross with just your head and not your heart. It doesn't work that way. Calvary is not a mental trip. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not a divine calculation or a cold theological principle. It's a heart-splitting hour of emotion. Don't walk away from it dry-eyed and unstirred. Don't just straighten your tie and clear your throat. Don't allow yourself to descend Calvary cool and collected. Please, pause. Look again. Those are nails in those hands. Peter knew it. John knew it. Mary knew it. That's God on that cross. It's us who put him there. They knew a great price was being paid. They knew who already pierced his side. They also somehow knew that history was being remade. That's why they wept. They saw the Savior. God, may we never be so educated. May we never be so mature. May we never be so religious that we can see your passion without tears. Amen. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike where you get your podcasts.